Hello, everyone, and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 133. And I have noticed, and I'm sure you have too, that oftentimes our greatest emotional growth, our greatest spiritual growth, comes when we're troubled or unsettled or confused. Have you noticed that? That we tend to grow when we're uncomfortable in some way. It's during the unsettling times of life that we tend to grow. And I think one of the reasons is is because there's a good chance that if you are a believer at all, God has your attention, right? When we're suffering, when we're troubled, when we're lonely, when we're distressed, when we're conflicted, that's when our mind is going to start to drift toward God and prayer and wondering what to do. Well, today, there's a well-known story we're looking at in the Gospel of John chapter 3 about a man called Nicodemus who's going through a bit of a a faith crisis. And speaking of faith and crisis and whatnot, one of the things that uh, happened to me over the shelter-in-place time when we were all stuck in our homes for... Remember, church was closed down for... I can't remember how many Sundays. Well over the year, wasn't it? Well over a year full, well, full of Sundays. Well, what happened... Uh, is that I found out that I, of course, like many of you, started working from home. And uh, I was making a lot of podcasts from home. Actually, it was videos at that time. I was making a lot of music videos and a lot of uh, sermon teaching videos. And I didn't really have a lot of contact with, with people at church. But instead, when I would go out walking the dog... I would meet new people. And what I found out was, very quickly, that most people in the neighborhood that I live in do not go to church. They they certainly wouldn't call themselves followers of Christ. And really, most of them have no interest at all in being in a church at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. They have no desire to get caught up in institutional religion. And you probably know people like that. And maybe you have children or grandchildren that have absolutely no interest at all. Well, (laughs) our text this morning gives us a lot of insight into why many people have absolutely no interest, can see no benefit from being a part of a religious community. And, and, and if people do have spiritual inclinations, oftentimes they'll rather, they'll just go solo, right? And the reason is quite simple, I think. It's kind of like the man in our story this morning, Nicodemus. Many people think that church or following Christ is about following rules and listening to people like priests or ministers or pastors uh, tell them what to do. Uh, Many people think that Christianity is really not particularly relevant 
to everyday life because the connection really hasn't been made, the connection between really theory and practice. Um, they, people think they have an idea what's going on in churches. They think they have an idea what it means to follow Christ, but actually they don't. And the more I talk to people who are, you know, the type of people that would never really consider even wanting to uh, be in a church on uh, Sunday morning, the more conversation I have with people, the more I have come to believe that uh, there's this big gap in people's understanding about what it means to follow Christ. Because it's certainly not, it is certainly not about going into a church and, and having someone tell you what to do. I mean, who would be interested in that? Why would anybody be interested in listening to somebody else tell you what to do? Don't you hate being told what to do? Yeah, right. So today, the text is John 3, and uh, the story begins with this professional teacher of religion, really, paying Jesus a visit because he has a few questions that he wants cleared up. And his name is Nicodemus. And he was pretty high standing. He, you know, he was pretty high standing in his community. He was part of the Sanhedrin, which is a, a, a group of professional leaders and what we, we call the church, the religious establishment back in Jesus' day. And he pays Jesus a visit. He has a few questions for him. By the way, talking about questions, this is fascinating. Out of 183 questions that people have asked Jesus in the New Testament, he only answers three. In other words, Jesus asks questions far more than he answers questions. So if Jesus is was asked 183 questions, and he only answers three of them. I suspect that people are asking him the wrong question, so he doesn't even begin down that road. And oftentimes, when we think about, you know, what it means to follow Christ, I think a lot of time uh, we can be asking the wrong questions. So just worth considering that. If you've been asking the same question for years and years and years and not getting any answers, you've been praying the same thing for years and years and years, not getting anywhere, yeah, maybe, maybe you're asking the wrong question. Maybe you're off track in some way. Just worth considering. So here's the passage. This religious teacher, Nicodemus, meets Jesus. Actually, he meets him at night. He doesn't really want anyone to know that he is meeting with him. And uh, he comes to Jesus and he says to Jesus, teacher, we know that, um, you know that you're sent from God because nobody could do all the things that you do. Nobody could do all these miracles that you do unless, unless, there was, you know, unless you were, you've come from God. So he's, he really starts off flattering him. Jesus, we know that you're from God because nobody could do what you do, all these miracles and healings and everything. Nobody could do that unless, unless you came from God. 
And Jesus isn't really taken in by any of this small talk and flattery. He gets right to the heart of the problem, as he always does in conversation. And it's like, Nicodemus, you can't see what God's doing in this world unless you're born from above. You can't see the kingdom of God. You can't see what God's up to in this world unless you are born from above, reborn, or born again. Another way of saying it, unless you are born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm doing in the world. You need a rebirth. You need a completely new mind, new heart, new way of looking at yourself, new way of looking at this world. It's a way of saying, Nicodemus, you're, you're so off track. You're so off track. Now, he's a part of this a group called the Pharisees who were dedicated to following God. Of course, this is ancient Judaism we're talking about. Remember, most people in the New Testament are, you know, all the people that Jesus uh, worked with and most of the people that Jesus taught were all the ancient Jewish people 2,000 years ago. And ancient Jewish people 2,000 years ago uh, had a lot of rules and regulations. They had lots of things they could do and lots of things that they shouldn't do. Lots of things they could eat, lots of things they couldn't eat. And what's very different about Jesus' teaching is, is that Jesus didn't teach by simply giving out rules or lists of things to do or not do. He had an entirely, entirely different approach. So back to Nicodemus. He's, he wants to speak to Jesus at night. He doesn't necessarily want all his peers to see that he's going to this rabbi who's not even trained, right? Not even trained at the best seminary the way he has been. But there's something missing. Um, he's doing everything he knows to do. He's keeping all the commandments and all the religious rules. And boy, they had a lot in those days, like hundreds Hundreds. I think it was like 613 or something. He had so many different, basically every part of life had a, a rule. Um, and he's knowledgeable, Nicodemus. He knows the scripture. So that would be the Old Testament, what we call the Hebrew scripture, the Old Testament. He, he knows all about that. He knows right from wrong. Um, you know, he's an academic. He's, he's trained in theology. But something's, I don't know, something's missing. And there's something about Jesus and his approach to people and life and God that's, oh, it's so highly attractive. And yet he feels, Nick feels, it's just, it's out of reach in some way. There's an unsettledness in him. Something's not right. Something's missing. Yeah, who hasn't felt that, right? Something's missing. Jesus, we, we know that you're a teacher who's come from God because, yeah, I mean, that's why you can do all the miracles. No, no, Nicodemus. Jesus says, you need a rebirth. You need to be completely 
reborn. Now, he's confused. He's, <laughs> he's completely confused. Rebirth? How can I be born again? He says, I'm a man. I, I, it's not even possible. All this abstract talk about a rebirth or being born again. He says, that's not possible. I'm a grown man. I can't have a, another birth. Oh, yeah, you can, Jesus keeps insisting. Oh, yes, you can. And Jesus says, the wind blows what it chooses. And you hear the sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. It's like Nicodemus. God is like the wind. You know, Jesus was a, a mystic. This is why he speaks this way. He, he, he doesn't have to spell everything out all the time. He, he's a mystic. Um, he says, God's like wind, Nicodemus. God is like the wind. Interesting that he chose the wind because, and not the sun, as in the S-U-N, because the sun is, is much more predictable than the wind, right? If you say God is like the sun, it's, uh, the sun is more predictable. You look up and you see it and it's there, right? It rises in the east, it sets in the west, it's always visible, you always look up, you always see it. The wind, using the wind as a metaphor, that's different because the wind is a lot more mysterious because you can't see it and you don't know where it came from and you don't know where it's going and yeah, it's like you can't control that, Nicodemus, and God's like the wind. The spirit of God is like the wind. You can't control it you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going to. But let me tell you this. You can learn to trust it. And that is something that Nicodemus cannot do. Um, yeah, he's got lots of knowledge about God. He could tell you all the Bible stories in the Hebrew scripture. He could answer all the theological questions. He's got all the degrees. But what he doesn't have he doesn't have a relationship of trust with God. That's missing. That's missing. And Jesus is saying, you know, for as long as you stay on the track you're on, Nicodemus, you're never, ever going to understand. Yeah, Nicodemus, I mean, this is a man that likes order, you know. Just tell me what to do. He's a literal thinker. Just give me the rule. If there's 613 rules, then I'll keep them. Give me something to do, Jesus, won't you? What am I missing? Am I missing a commandment? What do you want me to do? Should I, should I give more money? Should I help someone in need? Should I pray more? Should I go to the synagogue more? What do you want me to do? Um, I'm doing my best here. Something's missing. And Jesus says... Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not asking you to do anything. What I'm saying is, what you need is a rebirth. And by the way, you can't born yourself, right? So rebirth is something that God does, right, to you. So he's not asking him to do anything. It's like Nicodemus has all the answers. He's got all the theology but he's never really learned how to have a relationship of trust with God. And that's actually 
Trusting God is a lot harder than following a list of rules. See, over our shelter in place, when I would speak to people who are, who are not part of a religious community, a Christian community, I was always uh, caught off guard when people would assume that following Christ is about just going through a, a list of rules and, and doing that. It's like, absolutely not. I mean, it's such a far cry from what Jesus teaches, really. I, I, think, I think Jesus only gave three rules in his whole life, and that was uh, learn how to love God, learn how to love people, and learn how to love yourself. <laughs> and if you concentrate on these three, that's enough for a lifetime, people. You don't need anything else. Yeah, I mean, I really think that's the only, the only three rules he had, if you call them rules. Um, no, most of us don't need rules. Most of us don't need more to do. What we need is help living the way we desire to live. And that takes connection and relationship and trust. Not another rule, right? Uh, we, we, we need trust to stay in relationship with God. We don't need rules. We need things like courage and strength and the ability to be honest, right? That's what we need. We don't need, we've got plenty of rules. We don't need rules. We know what's right and what's wrong. We need courage and strength to do what is right. See, most people, you know, after our basic needs are met for shelter and food and water, most people want the same things in life. You know, after our basic needs are met, we want loving relationships. We want a meaningful life. We want to make a contribution of sorts, you know, we, that, that makes a difference, right? We don't want to feel like we're just on the hamster wheel. We don't want that kind of life, that we're just feeling like we're on the hamster wheel and it doesn't really make any difference whether we're here or not. Most people want loving relationships, they want a meaningful life and we want peace of mind, right? Because if you don't have peace of mind, it doesn't matter what else you have, does it? Three basic needs, loving relationships, meaningful life, peace of mind. Three subjects Jesus taught on a lot, all the time. It wasn't rules, it was like, follow me, I'll teach you how to love. Yeah, I'll teach you how to love you. <laughs> I'll teach you how to love that impossible person in your life, and I'll teach you what love looks like. You spoke about that a lot. You spoke about, I'll guide you and give you purpose. Yes, I will give you purpose. You're called. I'll give you purpose. Um, I'll help you. Rest in my care. That's all about peace. But the caveat is about this relationship of trust. The caveat is, is that we always need to do our part. You know, trust isn't just sitting back and doing absolutely nothing. I mean, sometimes it, it means that, you know, we have to sit back and do nothing because there's nothing to do. But many times in life, we have to move ahead with courage, don't we? 
to do our part. But following Christ at its basic level is all about having a trust that God will guide us and help us and be with us on a daily basis. Nicodemus thought it was about uh, keeping rules, like a self-improvement uh, program. And Jesus comes along and says, no, no, no. That it, no, it's not just about keeping rules. Actually, keeping rules just makes you... If you're, in a, if you're in a faith tradition that really is heavy in on the rules or you ever have been a part of a faith tradition that's heavy in on the rules, basically what happens is, is that you just get tired because you can't keep them and then you give up and you quit. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's never based. The foundation's never rules. The foundation's always grace. We always start with grace, which means, okay, you're loved, you're accepted, that's the bottom line, now we move on from here. Yeah, all my encounters with people who, who think they have no interest in the church or Christ or God, and usually people lump all these three things together, Church and God get lumped together, which isn't always good, let me tell you. But people tend to lump them all together. Most people think it's about rule keeping rather than getting help to grow into a loving, balanced, stable person uh, who continues to grow in their understanding of God and others and, and, them, and them, their, their self, you know? Spirit work is all about inner transformation. It's highly, highly practical. Who in the world wouldn't want inner transformation? I mean, who? I mean, we're dealing with, we're dealing with issues of inner transformation every single day, right? I mean, what is it that holds you back in a particular relationship? Or why can't you keep the promises that you make to yourself. Why is that? Why can you not follow through? Or why are you staying in this relationship long past the expiration date? Why? These are, these are all transformation issues, right? This is the sort of uncovering that the spirit does. How can you navigate the in-law problem? How can you navigate the financial worry? Are you going to spend your, the, your entire life worrying that you don't have enough? Right? Or, or, or maybe you have a kid that has a need to dominate the, the, the entire household and everything revolves around her or his needs. And it's making everybody miserable. These are really common things, aren't they? There's, it's a real, these are all common things. All things countless people struggle with, and yet at the core of them, when you think about it, it's all about inner transformation because God helps us in these areas and a million others by helping us access divine wisdom. Oh, it's like Nicodemus. It's not about keeping rules. It's about opening yourself up to having a trusting, 
relationship with God, that you would actually be willing and open to do the hard thing, to be courageous, to change direction if needed, to look at the issues you don't want to look at. But, you know, in order to get there, you have to trust. Yeah. In order to get there, why would we entrust our deepest desires and wounds to God if we had no trust? You can't. It's impossible. So trust is key. Nicodemus is like, yeah, will you learn? Will you learn how to trust? Well, I have to tell you the end of the story. Actually, the end of the story comes years later. He did learn to trust. He did learn to trust because he was one of the one of the men that buried Jesus. Isn't that interesting? He provided uh, he provided for his tomb at his death. Yeah. He uh, he he did learn that way that Jesus was speaking about. It's all about being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to trust God. And that's the prayer, that's the heart, heart cry, you know. Whatever it is that is tripping us up, whatever it is that's worrying us, whatever it is that, you know, we feel stuck in some way, it's like, okay, God, am I, am I holding on to this too much? Should I, be, um, should I be taking my hands off this so that I can, so that I can let you access this and, and, and give me some measure of healing so that I can move forward in some way? Would you help me to, to see this in a new way? It's like Jesus is like, yeah, yeah. Spirit comes, gives you new life, gives you new birth, helps you to do life differently. There's the prayer, there's the heart cry. Thank you, God, that by your spirit, you breathe new life into us and help us live in new ways. Thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.